My name is Jennifer Kronk from the Assist Learning Podcast. I'm a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome to Kindergarten Chaos, the Developmentally Appropriate Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. And today we're going to talk about some suggestions that you can use to get organized. Why is organization <laughs> important, Mom? Well, organization is important because it's really hard to... Uh, have a stress-free life in chaos and teaching is such a high stress level while you ha- where you have so much to organize in your classroom you have 20 plus kids that you're trying to hold corks underwater on top of all the stuff you need to keep organized and you have a limited amount of time to do everything in so we all wish we were more organized so how can we be more organized mom Well, I think you really have to work on it. Uh, First off, my mom had a saying that I always have tried to live by, and it's a place for everything and everything in its place. And as I began teaching, my room was kind of always a wreck. And I had a couple mentor teachers that I'd go into their room after school, and their rooms were neat and tidy. And I couldn't figure out why their rooms were tidy at the end. What was I doing wrong? And so I really worked on what I could do to make myself more organized and have a place for everything and everything in its place. So when I think about getting organized, I think about my mom and her saying a place for everything and everything in its place. She was just always so clean. Everything was spotless and everything was organized. And in my room, If my bedroom, if I left for school and I hadn't made my bed and I had left clothes laying on the floor, I came home and it was neat and tidy. Well, (laughs) that taught me one thing. It taught me that I could sneak out of my room (laughs) and leave everything undone and come home. You never had to make your bed anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, of course I tried to get away with that a lot. But I think in reverse, it taught me that I really liked having things clean and organized and neat and tidy. Is that why my bed is always unmade? Because I didn't have a magical making bed? A magical (laughs) make itself bed? I didn't magically go make your bed. (laughs) Well, and right now, sorry, my bed's not made. (laughs) I'm sitting right next to my bed right now recording this. It's pretty, see? I know. Nobody magically comes and makes our beds while we're at work. I know, but it was so nice that my mom would magically make my bed. At the end of the day, I'd come home. Everything was clean. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's why I like things organized, because I grew up in very organized fashion. And I think the very first tip that we could talk about is 
um, what I learned early on in my career. I came back into my classroom after a day of teaching and everything was in chaos. I was tired. I packed up and went home. And then I'd go look in colleagues' rooms that were a veteran teachers and their rooms were like neat and tidy and, and, and I'm like, why is your room so clean, Jenny Lou? I don't get it. And she said, well, I always make sure that I keep everything organized and in the first place and I put things away as I use them. Okay, well, that sounds easy, right? Sure. <laughs> but I think there's some tips that take you from leaving exhausted with a messy room to having an organized classroom. So probably tip number one would be put it away. If when you're setting up your classroom, if you have things out that your students are not directly using or will be using as you instruct how to use it, then it shouldn't be there. So for example, the math center, if the only totes of objects that should be out at the math center are things that you're going to be using or things you know that you're going to be training procedures on how to use them. So for example, let's talk about your math center right this minute. What do you have out right now? So in my math center right now, I have out, well, I have out quite a few things I've taught them how, how to use, um, but I also have things out that we haven't gotten to yet. They're my aspirational math tools that we <laughs> are hoping to get to someday, but I have taught them how to get out the Montessori number beads and how to put them away, and I've taught them how to get out the shape, the geo block shapes, and... You're putting me on the spot. I'm trying to remember what's in there. Um, oh, we've done 100 chart boards um, where they, they have a hundreds board and they have to match the number to the spot on the hundreds board. Um, oh, number rods. We've played with number rods. Um, we've, played, we've gotten quite a few things, but I get them out one at a time, and we only use one thing at the math center at a time, and they learn how to clean it up, and they learn how to put it away one at a time. And our rule in the classroom is you can't touch anything until the teacher has taught you how to use it and how to clean it up and how to put it away. I think that's really an important thing is, is that kids need to be in control of their space. For example, the math materials... Um, I have like maybe six to eight boxes full of math materials and during free choice they can use any of those that they do know the teacher has taught them how to play with and so I like to have coordinating uh, picture take a snapshot of the toys in the box and put it on the box so when there's a grand mess at the end of free choice then they know how to put things away I mean if it doesn't matter what the box which box it is um, I would still label it or put a picture just because that makes kids when they're sorting things quickly that they're not throwing um, like a tan gram in with a pattern block because they'll pay more attention if the box is labeled. I should do that and, in my construction center. My construction center, all the building materials are all mixed up and I haven't cleaned them out yet because they just get mixed up again. But if I put a picture on each section then they could clean it for me. And that exactly. And you know that would drive me crazy if the bo toys were intermixed in a box. Yeah, it's <laughs> been like that for three months now, and I don't <laughs> care. So, 
Well, put a picture on it and have the kids do <laughs> Well, it I for do you. care. I just don't care enough to fix because it. Because <laughs> I think it's really important that the kids' space does become their space. Their responsibility. And, and... Yeah, and even when it's cleanup time, having things available for the kids to clean that space, like um, little feather duster wipes or uh, baby alcohol-free wipes for the kids to clean with, then they start becoming... Uh, masters of that space and they like it it does a lot of things for the kids and helps them learn how to take pride in what they're doing and it shows that you're trusting them and improves their self-worth and so it's their area they need to keep that clean and so at the end of the day you don't need to worry about going around and cleaning centers because every area that your students use during the day you're going to allow them to clean up that space. And so the only stuff you're going to have at the end of the day to clean up is your teaching supplies. So speaking of kids cleaning up, I like to have a song for a cute to clean up. And I like, uh, I think his name's Mr. Al. The cleanup time is cleanup time is cleanup time. It's kind of jazzy and gets the kids going right away and cues them that it's clean up. I don't have to do anything but walk over and push the song. But what I found is I don't want to have just that one song for cleanup time because I want to allow the students quality time to be able to really clean those centers deeply and clean the room deeply and their desks and the computers and everything, everything that the students use in the room. And so I've made a playlist of the cleanup time song followed by two um, shorter songs that are more uh, peaceful centering type songs that will kind of calm the students as they're cleaning. So they'll start out all excited cleaning with the song and the music really does set the tone and it quiets them down ready for when cleanup time is over. They're ready to settle down really quickly and go to whatever you've instructed them to do. My students know that when the cleanup song ends, then they need to um, go directly to the carpet. But whatever you want to do directly after cleanup time, they'll soon learn the routine. So one thing that is really important to do with your cleanup time is make it purposeful. Just like everything we teach, there's a reason that we're teaching it. So the reason we're teaching kids to clean up and be responsible with the classroom is twofold. First off, it's to make your job easier as a teacher, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but really the most important purpose for teaching kids to clean up and care for the materials is um, to give them a sense of purpose and a sense of um, feeling good inside. When things are cleaner, it makes us feel better. When things are organized, it's easier to play with our toys. When we take care of things, uh, things last longer. And, and if we magically clean it for them, then they'll just learn not to do it, like you learn not to make it. <laughs> so make sure that in other ways you also share your workload. I, I really like to, you know, I like some cutesy bulletin boards, but not really. All of my bulletin boards have purpose. Like I have a writing center bulletin board and I have a math meeting bulletin board. And if at all possible, I want to have a kid centered bulletin board and I turn it over to them. I have them uh, during the day, if they have something they really want to go hang on the bulletin board, they can. And honestly, that bulletin board turns out to be the cutest one in the oh, classroom. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah, it wasn't be contrived beautiful. and 
It's not designer quality that matches my um, classroom at all. It's just the kids' bulletin board. So another area that is really important to make sure, I mean, all your areas is, for the cleanup time is to make sure your students take care of it, but one to really think about is the art center. I think teachers sometimes have a hard time giving up the ownership of the cleaning of the art center, but the kids will do it. I mean, any paint they spill, they clean it up. They wash the tables, they clean the art supplies. My kids know to take the brushes to the sink, to wash them out and to lay them on a paper towel to dry. And so don't be afraid to turn over responsibility to your students. So how do you keep the art center? Because you always had a very organized and clean art center, but you, the kids were also in charge of it. So, And you always had a lot of art materials. So how did you organize all those art materials so that the kids could keep it organized and clean on their own? Yeah, you know those drawer towers that you can buy, like, like any discount store? Plastic. Yeah. Plastic drawer towers. Yeah, and usually the ones on wheels I kind of prefer for it. But then I put supplies in it, like if it's uh, scraps, then I label scraps on it. And um, if it's, like, embellishments, like rickrack and that kind of stuff, or any crafting supplies or stickers or... Uh, dot paints or um, I probably have some pictures of it I'll look and see if we can put it on here but I it's the same as with any toy the art supplies I organize the same way I do all of my centers I take a picture of what should go in that drawer so that when it's cleanup time they're not just whapping stuff in their hands mm -hmm. and th tossing them in boxes that they're actually putting things away in where they need to be the writing center uh, is so easy to organize because if you use our writing center stuff. <laughs> yes, uh, we'll make it easy for you. Just get our stuff. <laughs> yeah, get our stuff. The writing center is my favorite center to, because it is always organized. It's just the, the product is made that you just have a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday basket and you change it and... It's just easy to keep clean and organized. So now we're getting the kids to organize their own areas. So now how do we keep ourselves organized with our own junk? Because I have a lot of unorganized junk. Yeah, well, it's, it's tough because our, we're, we go to school and our day goes, 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 and you have time maybe to... Um, eat a sandwich while you're cleaning with the other <laughs> hand or organizing or planning with the other hand. So teachers are always busy. And so I think the very first thing that a teacher needs to do when they're thinking about organizing the teacher stuff is get rid of the clutter. If you're not really using it, why is it there? Why is it in your area? If it's like a mailbox book that you have one activity that you use, why do you need that book there? Scan the activity you use and put it in a digital file. Or if you want a hard copy in a file cabinet, that's fine. But you don't need to hang on to all of that stuff that is just sitting there. You need to purge. And now I know it's hard to purge. I really have a hard time throwing things away, but um, I have a secret to doing it 
to make purging a little bit easier because neuroscientists at Princeton they actually found that when you disorg when you um, throw stuff away it is like a physical pain you really are feeling pain from throwing things away so we want to make it a little easier on ourselves so my secret to purging painlessly is to get a cardboard box and put anything in it that I haven't used. Like anything I didn't use last school year is going to go in that box. And then I will label the box, open me only if you're missing something, <laughs> and put it on a shelf. And in the end of put say, a date six on months, it. yeah. In six months' time, if I did not open that box, then I'm going to haul it to the garbage can and dump it. Because, obviously, I didn't miss it, and I didn't know what was in it. So, why, why would I want to open that box? Because, you know how teachers are, we'll open that box and say, Oh, I did miss this, but you <laughs> really didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't use it, so you didn't. Yeah, you didn't need it. And if teachers come to you with, the, with stuff and say, oh, I know you're a new teacher and you might need this. Honestly, I wouldn't even go through that pile. I'd put it in a box <laughs> and label it. If I need something extra, open this box. And if you didn't open it, throw it away. Because face it, teachers aren't going to give you their best stuff. <laughs> If it's in a pile of that they don't need it, there's a reason. Mm -hmm. Because it's not good stuff anyway. They kept and the good stuff, right? Yeah. And maybe you've moved into a classroom um, that the teacher didn't throw anything away. And that's daunting. I've moved into a couple of those. In fact, I had one teacher that I opened a file cabinet door, drawer and it was filled with crackers, snack crackers. Now, I'm not talking boxes of snack crackers. I'm talking she'd opened the boxes of snack crackers and thrown them in the file cabinet so that she could Ew. just give them a handful for snack. Ew. Now, that's just terrible on a million that's levels. Gross. It is gross. So, no, I did not put that in a box open in six months. It went to the garbage can. But, Ew. you know, we move into, we move into those hoarders' <laughs> classrooms and... Filled with junk. I went. I can't get over one. a filing cabinet full of crackers. It was terrifying. Like, it was where, terrifying. Where, where, like you have so little storage space in your classroom already, right? For the stuff you need. <laughs> Turning over a whole drawer for loose crackers? Okay. Yeah, I guess she thought it took less space Ugh. than cardboard boxes. Gross. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I moved into another teacher's a classroom once, and she had a whole bunch of stuff piled up on top of the shelf, and I started pulling it down, and so much dust came down. Oh, no. That, I mean, it looked like she had never used it. She just was storing it there. That was so. her pile. You didn't know. That was her pile of... <laughs> of, look here if you are missing something. That was her look here if you're missing something pile. Yeah, I guess so. She so just I just took all of that, that stuff and I started looking at it thinking, oh, you know, there's some cute stuff here. But instead, I quickly threw it in a box and labeled it and threw it away six months later because <laughs> I didn't need it. I hadn't looked for it. I didn't care about it. And fr frankly, I didn't even know what was in it. 
And so you really have to do that. You have to purge and you have to decide what you really need to keep and look around your desk and think what really needs to be on this desk. Does anything, I mean, I know your curriculum books need to be there, but what else really needs to be there? And find a, place, a different place for it if you want to keep it. One thing is those shelves, those paper shelves that have like slots in them. I found if I can have one of those nearby my desk that at the day, during the day when I, instead of laying stuff on my desk, I just shove them in those, I have like four slots that are just for shoving stuff in. Mm -hmm. Then my desk will stay clean and then at the end of the day, I just have to clean out those slots where I shoved stuff. So I just have made a rule for myself that nothing's going to go on my teacher desk. And don't you usually have like a box of underneath your desk oh, where you... Oh, the hidden box. Yeah, we've talked about your hidden box before, haven't we? Like oh, yeah. The there's place room you're up. allowed to have a mess. You've got... Yeah, you have to allow yourself that the mess. And so, yes, under my desk, I have Mine is two. a cupboard. I oh, have yeah. a cupboard. Everybody needs a spot that you can do it. And I have two milk crates under my desk that... If I am just so behind, I can't stand it. And those four shelves that I need to clean at the end of the day, I can't. I just grab that stuff and throw it down in the milk crate. And because mm -hmm. I'm not going to need it till the end of the, you know, till next year probably. And I take times to clean out the milk crate. But you have to have a little hidden uh, secret. <laughs> <laughs> you need to look clean and organized, but not, it's not saying you can't. Um, have some hidden stuff. So I really found that um, when it comes to organizing teacher stuff, that it's the stuff that you need to get out to teach the students with that is also needing to be organized. So for example, Thanksgiving uh, is coming, and so I don't want to run here and there and here and there to gather Thanksgiving stuff. So I started organizing in a file folder everything that I would need for Thanksgiving, including the books, the books, the um, song posters, the alphabet even, games, yeah, the math even games. the moves, yeah, all the games, everything, and even the uh, movies that I'm going to use off YouTube. I would burn them on a CD so that everything is just there on a CD, ready to pop in with Thanksgiving, and I didn't even have to go hunt on YouTube and then or I you can make a YouTube playlist way more free yeah <laughs> but if you're in a district that isn't free with YouTube, that's true. like my school right now you can't use YouTube that's but true. my prior one you could and so I could make playlists but before that we couldn't use YouTube and so I started just burning the CDs which you can google how to burn a movie off YouTube and find out it's really pretty easy if you need to do that it's and kind so of every a copyright infringement to do it though. No, teachers teachers have um, teacher domain. So if you're only using it for classroom use, then oh, you can. Then it's okay. Okay, good. To yeah, know. if it's on YouTube, if it's a YouTube movie, you can't go burn a copy of a DVD. Hmm. But if it's a YouTube movie, you can um, burn it on a DVD for classroom use, because your school YouTube is blocked. If you're has to be all those things there, but you can Google it. All the rules on how to do it legally are all there. Um. So I gather all the supplies and make sure that they're in a folder. 
And uh, I used hanging folders because they could get pretty wide <laughs> and mm. put lots of stuff there. But that was like my first year of teaching that I was trying to organize myself that way. And, and pretty soon that file folder turned into a shoebox. And then that shoebox turned into a, you know, a single layer um, tote. And now it's like one of those big normal totes you buy at Walmart <laughs> as I've added to and I've added um, I've started putting like my science center and my dramatic play centers that I'm going to use during that unit tried to keep everything in that tote and I found it's just so easy because instead of um, cha when I'm changing units or themes or content I don't have to run around and grab everything everything's just put together so when it comes to storing you just think of your space you have available. Most teachers have space above their um, cupboards that you can put a single layer of totes along there. Um, if you've outgrown your file cabinet, be happy to start <laughs> with a file cabinet because it's a great place to start. Or I've even uh, built a shelf, a whole wall of cupboards in my garage to start my kindergarten stuff. So... You can go to that extreme. You can get extreme. <laughs> you can get extreme if you want. Do you have any other tips for keeping your own stuff organized? So one tip that I do want to share about keeping your teacher stuff organized is um, I learned from a mentor teacher early in my career, and she, she called it the 10-minute sweep. And so from the minute she taught it to me, I've incorporated it into my teaching life. And what it is is you just go right into your room from taking your kids to the bus and you do a 10 minute sweep of your room. And you time yourself because you don't wanna do more than 10 minutes. Of course, some, sometimes it takes way less than 10 minutes. And what you do is you just start on the one side of your room and make a complete circle around your room, cleaning everything and putting it away. And I found that that 10 minutes saves me in the long run hours and hours of work. I like that week. you time it so that you don't get out of control. So it doesn't turn into a deep dive. <laughs> you know, I would have to time session. it because I am a deep diver. Yes. Well, I would get tempted to be like, okay, time to clean out the closet. Nope. This is my 10 minute sweep so I can go home. So when you organize... Um, you really will feel better because less really is more and your life, your teaching life is going to be a lot more carefree. If you turn over responsibilities to your students, it will develop a sense of community in your classroom and your students will be, feel empowered and they'll be, uh, they'll have a great feeling of wanting to keep their space clean and it will really help you out as a teacher. And if you organize your teaching things, it's going to make your day feel better and your teaching feel better. But remember, organizing isn't perfection. So you still might have a messy desk at the end of the day. And that's why you have those secret boxes under your desk or you have that secret cupboard where you're going to put things away. But as you do this, it will just be a little easier every day to uh, have a great classroom. So we just hope that we've helped you and, and made you excited to empower your students to help keep that classroom organized. 
All right, now you have to tell us how we can better organize our student assessments, Mom. There must be a better way to organize all my kids' assessments. There is, and because we want you to be organized, we also want you to um, try ESGI. ESGI is the best way to keep data organized, uh, ready to use, and awesome. <laughs> so go to ESGISoftware.com and sign up for your free 60-day trial. It's a full trial. You get to use everything. And use code KIOSK, K-I-O-S-K, when you try it. And you, when you want to purchase it, it will save $40. So we really want to get you to use ESGI, and we're always willing to help you set up your assessments and know how to find assessments and know how to use ESGI. So if you've purchased using our code, we're always there for you. So if you have any ESGI questions or any other questions, make sure you email us at kindergartenkiosk at gmail.com. And you can visit our website at kindergartenkiosk.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators, by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?